You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and it gives me great pleasure to turn our attention now to our second guest here on the show, Christine Comaford. As I said before the break, she is the author of the book, Smart Tribes. Christine, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. It's awesome to be here. It's awesome to have you on the show. <laughs> and I've been so excited to have you on the show since the first time your book earlier this year came to my attention. Uh, I'm a big fan of the kind of work that you're doing and using the latest research in neuroleadership, etc., to build brilliant teams. Let's talk a little bit about Smart Tribes. Can you discuss the book and kind of the basic premise behind the book? Yes, yes. Um, So essentially, many leaders, even though they don't intend to, are kind of scaring their people into mediocrity. Once leaders understand how prevalent fear is in their culture, how prevalent what we call critter state, (laughs) fight, flight, freeze, where people are like a little animal, safe or not, dead or not, fight, flight, freeze. Once they understand that, then they can actually lead their people into what we call the smart state where all three parts of your brain are firing off at once. So really it's about leading people to optimal performance, deep emotional engagement, um, fulfillment, better teaming, etc. by understanding just enough about the brain. We don't get very geeky at all. One of the um, interesting things that I have learned in uh, about neuroleadership and, and leading teams is that it's really the leader's responsibility to keep their teams out of the out of being afraid because once yes. people are in a fear state the other creative parts of their brain become un- unavailable to them can can you talk a little bit about that yes yes so so basically the reptilian brain and mammalian brain are responsible for keeping us alive and for keeping us emotionally and physically safe but the best part to tap into of the brain in business is the prefrontal cortex, where we have the executive functions, language skills, tool-making, decision-making, envisioning a glorious future, and figuring out a path to get there. Now, that prefrontal cortex is shut down, it's offline, it's unavailable when we are feeling a lack of safety, a lack of belonging, we're in this together, we're all equal, a lack of mattering. I'm not appreciated for my individual contributions, my gifts, etc. When safety, belonging, mattering are gone in a culture or are temporarily smushed down in a culture, people go into fight, flight, freeze, critter state, and you get a fraction of the performance that you could get, Rick. You know, what, what I think I heard you talk about is what Patrick Lencioni talks about in his five dysfunctions of a team, which is the base of the pyramid, which is trust. It sounds like those are common elements that are required to have a trust-based organization. Is that, is that correct from your perspective? Thank you for saying that. Yes. So you can see it as an equation. Safety plus belonging plus mattering equals trust. Yeah, you nailed it, Rick. Yes. <laughs> And one of the things that I think is so fascinating, and it doesn't have to be a large organization. I know you work with with a range of organizations yeah. around the world to help them. But even in, in smaller organizations, you know, 50 people, 30 people, um, the leader has a disproportionate influence on on their team. 
And small things matter greatly to the people that work for them. And, 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 and I find sometimes some of the common things that a, that a business leader doesn't think twice about that they do or habits or the way that they say things can put people into threat, can put their employees you know into threat. Yeah, let's give people a to-do item right now. So there are five accelerators that will help you get in and stay in the smart state and create a smart tribe. Okay. Um, focus. And we all know, we all know leaders that chase bright, shiny objects <laughs> ourselves. Right? Right, yes. So, and then, right, it's so confusing to the team and sends them into critter state when, like, this is our priority. No, that's our priority. It's like, ah, what's our priority? So focus, clarity, communicating clearly exactly what we want, what is okay, what isn't okay. Accountability, holding people accountable, being accountable themselves. Influence, enrolling, engaging others powerfully and then sustainability. So everybody jot this down. If you go to smarttribesinstitute.com slash lead, like being a leader, L-E-A-D, you can take a, an assessment. I have to say it takes about seven minutes. It's a free assessment. It takes about seven minutes. It's 35 questions. And you can assess yourself and see where are you. Do you need to put more work in focus and clarity, accountability, influence, sustainability are you burning yourself or your people out once you have that reality check it makes a difference you know where to focus and you know what chapters to dive into in smart tribes so uh, i'm sorry to uh, interrupt you i'm talking with christine comifort she's author of smart tribes as well as rules for renegades and and a, a global coach and someone who's working with all types of companies uh when did you decide to put this tool to help people on your website, Christine. And not just when, but why and how. For for the um, leadership assessment, it's Yes, Sarah. yes. Um, well, you know, I've been, I've been building businesses for like over 30 years, and I've just found that as I kept learning about the brand and learning about all these things, um, I kept using these tools in my own companies. And then when I sold my last company, my fifth one, I retired, and people kept calling me up saying, you teach us those weird tools. So I thought, you know what, let's just do it. You know, so I kind of, I like to think, I like to fantasize about being semi-retired, even though I'm totally not. I'm failing at it. Um, and so we've, we've put two assessments up on our website, actually. There's the leadership assessment I just told you guys about. The shortcut is smarttribesinstitute.com slash lead, because I want leaders to be able to assess themselves very quickly and go, whoa, you know, and have one of those eye-opening aha moments. Isn't that important? I think that is, I know you have another thing you want to get to, so I don't want to mess up your mojo, but I wanted to sit on that point for uh, just a moment. The people that listen to Critical Mass Radio Show tend to be lifelong learners, people who are looking for new ideas and new information. And I think for for a leader to continue to be relevant and move the company in a positive direction, they must be very aware of who and how they show up, because when they're not, they may be having unintended consequences inside their organization that are to the detriment of where they're trying to take the organization. Thank you, thank you. Yes, blind spots. We all have blind spots, friends. We all do. That's why you're going to take that first assessment. It's going to take you seven minutes. Then you're going to take the second assessment, again, smarttribesinstitute.com slash grow. The grow assessment is, like, super easy. It's, like, three minutes. That's where you're going to look outside. So the first one, seven minutes, you look inside. So just like you said, Rick, so we can look into some of our blind spots. The second assessment, you look out at the world. Excuse me. You look out at your company, the world of your company, uh-huh. and you answer those questions. So it's outward facing. And it's just eye-opening 
to look at yipes, whatever the problems are in the company, as the leader, we created them. Exactly. Uh, I... Uh, I work with small business owners here in Southern California. I built CEO peer groups, you know, think tanks, roundtables, mastermind groups. And one of the realities that I ask them to accept is much of what you like about your company, you can trail back to your office. And much of what you don't like about your company, you can also trail it back to your office because it, it in some way either started here or is enabled by you in some way or it would not exist. So, uh, you know, one of the other things, and, and tell me how you feel about this, Christine Comifort. I ask my members, how many people do you have to have in your company before the conversation of your employees have is different when you're in the room and when you're not in the room. And I think this goes to the whole neural leadership area and discovering brain, how the brain fires. And I said, in my opinion, from what I've learned in my research, the number of three is that all you have to have are two employees and you in a company that where you're no longer, you're maybe a bit of a threat to them at some level, even though you don't intend to be, your position and the fact that you control their income stream can be viewed as a threat to them. Uh, can you react to that comment? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it can even be as small as one because here's the thing. Everybody has a different map of the world, as we call it. Everybody grew up with a different frame of reference, different background, different belief system, different identity, et cetera, et cetera. So that's where, that's where humans get in trouble. We make assumptions as to what somebody else is feeling, is meaning. <laughs> if their communication isn't totally clear, we're meaning-making machines. Right. And this is why the le- it's the leader's responsibility, so thanks for saying that earlier, it's the leader's responsibility to learn how to communicate, frankly, in the language of the people that they're talking to, whether they are team members, whether they're peers, whether they're sales prospects, customers, vendors, etc. We're talking with Christine Comifort. She is author of Smart Tribes, and one of the things that y- you have um, that you have said that I'd like you to sort of explain to my audience is that, uh, and we're going to peel back the parts of the brain, I think, maybe to get this answer. But ninety percent of all the decisions that are made are based on emotion. I know it sounds big, okay? It's true, though. If we look at the research from uh, Columbia, NYU, Stanford, Harvard, MIT, UCLA, etc. Um, 90% of our decisions, of our behaviors, are driven and, keyword, dominated by our emotional brain. So if you look at how we react to things, we all want to be able to respond, right, from choice. But much of the time, we react compulsively. That's our reptilian mammalian brain trying to keep us not dead, Mm. keep us safe emotionally or physically. So we need to use the 10%, the prefrontal cortex, the stuff that comes online much slower. We need to use the 10% to learn tools so that we can loop arms, if you will, with the 90% and others, bring them that safety, belonging, mattering. Looking at, at chapters uh, 2, 6, and 7 in Smart Tribes, stepping into their world, giving them the experience of what we call same as. So their creature neurology doesn't say, ooh, I need to resist this person but instead says, wow, this person is the same as me. Hmm. I can loop arms and go forward with them. I don't need to resist them on a sales call. I don't need to resist them when they are giving me, you know, a leadership directive or whatever. How did, did neuroleadership, I know you're fascinated about the brain, but how did the, the science and the technology behind neuroleadership get on your uh, radar screen, Christine? Yeah, so when I was... Um, 16, um, I took Landmark. Uh, well, it was called S then. Now it's called Landmark. And I started to really look at 
wow, we totally have a choice as to how we respond to things. So I got really involved in the human potential movement. And I'm 53 now. So, you know, ever since then, I've been doing either, you know, wow, what's the frontier? What's the edge of human performance? And what makes certain people perform at a different level than others? Because it's not necessarily the environment they grew up in, you know? It's, it's not, you know, nature or nurture, hmm, hmm. you know? It's choice. It's if they have the right ability to access their resources. So as I built my five and sold my five own companies, um, people just started kind of pulling me in saying, wow, you know, use the tools that you use internally at our company too. You know, we want to get all of our people rowing in the same direction. We want everyone to feel like a connected tribe. We want everyone to get that deep fulfillment that you get from a, from a really meaningful job, you know? It seems, too, in your work, you talk about the fact that the, and, and we're not going to get real technical here, ladies and gentlemen, but the uh, reptilian and the mammalian brain have a much faster and wider way to communicate with your other part of the brain than your other part of the brain can communicate back to that. It seems like a, almost a one-way direction of, of information that's coming out of the brain that you react to. Okay, so so thanks. So so there is a visual that you are referring to, I think, kind of in your in your mind. Yes. So yeah. So the pathways going from the um, emotional brain um, to the prefrontal cortex to the intellect are like a six lane superhighway going in one direction. Whoosh. The pathway going from the prefrontal cortex back to the creature neurology, right, the mammalian reptilian brain, is like a little tingle, t- teeny single path trail through the forest that's kind of poorly maintained. Yes. <laughs> You've got that visual. Yes. Um, so this emotional life, uh, this, this was a great visual that was offered in a PBS special many, many years ago called This Emotional Life. It's a very, very long, uh, multi-hour, six-hour or so DVD. But, you know, the net-net is they did show a really great picture of that. But we find that once leaders understand, and we don't just apply this neuroscience to leadership. It's sales. It's marketing. You know, it's, it's creating this culture where everybody is appreciating, acknowledging each other, and, and, and holding each other accountable as well. It's not like let's all just feel good and have no results. Right. You know, we find that our clients just deliver really profound results because everybody is truly aligned and they're truly empowered. Because empowerment is one of those words, Rick, I know it probably bugs you like it bugs me. It's like, oh, you're empowered, but I'm just going to micromanage you. It's like, mm, that's not empowerment. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm going to have to take a break, Christine. We, our guest is Christine Comerford. We're talking about her book, uh, and she's the author of Smart Tribes. When we come back, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about the acronym CIRCLE, uh, CIRCLE Values in the book Smart Tribes. Can you do that? Yeah. All right. Don't go nowhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back in 90 seconds with Christine Comerford. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. 
Wow. Marketing predictions are out for 2015, and marketing success is changing. Did you know that Google is now actively tracking your business and personal brand and online reputation? Online and offline marketing has changed. Google is driving more than 85% of your traffic. And if your brand is inconsistent or has poor mobile usability, your rankings and traffic can suffer in 2015. To learn how your business is currently viewed and what can be done to improve your brand's visibility and authority, contact SunUp Group for a free marketing analysis. It could be a business game changer. Visit www.sunupgroup.com today or call 877-609-3840, extension 700. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Christine Comaford is our guest, and I'm excited to have her on the show. We have her for one more segment. We're talking about her book, Smart Tribes. Before we get back to the conversation, I just want to let you know, if you listen to the show on iTunes, I would ask you to take a minute to write a positive or an actual factual review about our show. This is a powerful way for you to help us grow our audience of business executives. To find our show, simply type Critical Mass Radio Show in either iTunes or one of the other podcasting services that you use. And if you like what you hear, and if you'd like to put your voice to our program, then please feel free to write a review. We greatly appreciate that. Christine, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to talk about Circle Values out of the book Smart Tribes. Can you give us a sense, just overview of what we're talking about yeah. in the book? Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Rick. So, so we find that the most tribal, connected, aligned, collaborative, high-performing cultures have really strong mission, vision, values. And not the silly, cheesy ones where you <laughs> lay them out and then you throw them in the drawer and you don't remember them, right? But that's not useful. So at our company, our values are circle. Um, communication, integrity, reflection, contribution, learning, energy. So when you have values that are an acronym, and you'll notice with the words I just gave you, each of them, the first letter of each spells circle. When you have values that are an acronym, it's much easier for the brain to remember. Um, also, circle kind of helps us understand, like for us, we like circle. We all chose it together. We all created the values together because it helps us understand that, you know, this is an ongoing, continuous experience. You know, when we work with clients, we're in it together. We're there for them. Whatever they need, boom. So this also is the code that we live by. We understand how to be safe, belong, and matter in the tribe called Smart Tribes Institute by modeling these values. So each month we high-five each other on which values are we modeling, how specifically, and how that made a difference to each other. That's excellent. And, I, you know, I, neuroleadership to me is finally bringing science to what historically um, I'm also in my 50s, that was, that was considered the soft skills in business. Yes. The stuff that you couldn't quantify but might be important, but yet now this is giving research and data and facts that, that prove that, that these are important aspects because, you know, one of the things that I, we didn't get a chance to talk about in the first segment was 
if in fact there is such a one-way conversation from the the emotional part of the brain to the logic part of the brain as a leader you must be consciously aware that you need to uh you need to react and appeal to that part of the brain if you're ever going to be uh sustainable as their leader in a in a way that you're maximizing their performance yep most people are barely tapping their potential rick barely tapping that's how we can go in and with training and coaching we can help hundreds of people become 35 to 50 percent more productive how is that possible because now they're deeply connecting with each other they're communicating more clearly they have choice in how they respond versus compulsively react and then get shut down and get bitter and resentful and blah 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 you know they now have choice which makes all the difference it's actually truly empowerment you know when they get stuck in what we call the tension triangle victim rescuer persecutor or villain whatever word you like best then they can go oh shoot i need to grab my outcome frame tool which will help me ask five questions to get into the positive counterpart so the victim becomes the outcome creator because the victim wants to create something they're whining and complaining because they they don't have something they want they're not a bad person the rescuer is trying to save everybody from the evil persecutor but the rescuer then gets all burned out and martyred and resentful why don't they just get in the business of helping others have insights to solve their own problems the persecutor is getting really irritable and kind of mean because they're frustrated that there's not enough action happening let's use the outcome frame questions to help them become an action creator so people whip out their tools right there when the grenades are flying and they start to use them and in the beginning you know you're carrying around your smart tribes you know or, or a lot of our clients will put like their top three tools on a, a three by five card in their pocket and they'll just whip it out and they'll say to their people because leaders need to be human hey i'm learning these new tools i'd, I'd like to use them with you you know and i'd be happy to tell you more about them you know, so everyone's just upfront about these are cool new tools to help us connect and communicate better. That's uh, we're talking with Christine Comerford, and we're talking about her book Smart Tribes. That that's one of the uh, fascinating things I found your, about your book is it is also kind of a, a how to guide. It's, it has action plan. It gives people not only new insight but also ways with which to implement them in their company and in their culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it has to be. I mean, for us, we're we're super pragmatists. You know, and start using some of these tools. It'll change everything. You know, we're talking with Christine Comerford. I I think it is the number one differentiator for the companies that I work with that that I that I that I think is a sustainable advantage is mm. an is an engaged workforce. <gasps> Yay! Thank you for saying this. And you're carry on. And, and this is why I was so excited to have you on the show, Christine, because. Um, I believe the principles that you talk about in Smart Tribes and the work that you've done, leveraged with uh, neuro leadership, is a is a really modern and appropriate way to create true enga- true sustained engagement, not artificial, but true engagement in the workforce, which I think is is noticed by we celebrate large corporations who have a healthy culture because it, it's such un, an unusual thing that we can do that when we have that many people together smaller companies you have a structural advantage to be able to do that and and that's why i wanted one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on the show because i believe in the principles that you talk about in your book yes so when we look at what creates that really engaged culture you know, how, how is it that people are saying, thank God it's Monday? You know, <laughs> it's 
because that that the company is expanding their identity. You know, that's what's cool about values. You know, values done well. You know, like like circle ones, like a lot of our other clients. You know, values done well help a person step into really wanting to be a better, bigger version of themselves and what's so cool rick is they bring all this stuff home and then their family blossoms and they bring this to their friendships and you know these are tools to use with humans you know any human interaction this is stuff to use you know if if you're at a store and somebody's like mean and upset you know you can use one of these tools and you can kind of talk them off the ledge and you know i think maybe maybe life equals the people we meet plus what we create together Hmm. i don't know you know i'm Uh, kind of starting to wonder that (laughs) well well, i think to that point that customers who encounter a supplier who has an engaged company and employees who enjoy themselves it becomes infectious to the customers as well i don't think it's just i I agree with you completely It, it it what you do at work, you take home. There's there are tons of research that show you know there's there's a direct relationship between that. But I also think the larger community with which you're the ecosystem that the company is in, you can have a, a positive impact on 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 your clients as well. Yes. Okay. I'm really glad you said that. So here's here's what we're finding: a lot of our clients are benefiting from. So everybody, this is a really key point. More and more huge companies are picking smaller companies to work with because they have more engaged, humane, et cetera, cultures. So we're seeing huge Fortune 1000 companies screening their suppliers based on how strong their culture is. Wow. How cool is that? Isn't that neato? So now it's kind of a competitive advantage thing, too. And, you know? hey, yeah. and as it relates to the millennials, I believe that that, that generation, which is now the largest genera- population in the workforce, the, these this mentality, neural leadership, this type of understanding is they require that. Yeah. Yep. Because if you have really compelling values, we now know what you're going to be like if things ever get bumpy. Exactly. And you have the guts to put them up on your website and you have the guts to say, this is what we believe in. This is what we're going to do. You know, we tell, because since one of our values is integrity, and another one is communication, and another one is reflection, we'll often tell clients, you know, you really don't need to buy that stuff from us. That's more than you need right now. Let's just do this. You can buy that maybe in six months if you even need that training from us. But let's see what results we get with this first one. And they're always, like, gobsmacked, you know? <laughs> yes. But, like, we're not in business to sell them tons of stuff. We're in business to give them what they need to get the transformation that they're seeking. So, so you know? share with my audience a bit about the various kinds of training and, and the kind of benefits and the work that you do with your clients, Christine. Yes. So, so in the kind of category, so there are three categories that we work in. There's leadership, there's culture, and then there's sales and marketing because you can apply all all this neuro stuff to each of those categories. And most companies that we find out there want more sales, you know, and want more effective marketing. This is a great place to apply it. So we do four trainings that we like leadership teams to take or anybody who has a direct report. Okay. The first is neuroscience of leadership, and that's where we go into the accelerators. That's where we talk about focus, clarity, accountability, influence, sustainability. This is how we start to understand the stances, the energetic posturing, who a leader can be to help somebody move through a particular challenge. 
this is where we start to learn that it's not about us. It never was. It's about the person that we are um, emotionally engaging. And we start to understand how the brain works in change, growth, and learning scenarios. And we find that from this, leaders get easily 5 to 15 more hours per week that they can spend on strategic time because they get out of those low-value activities that just sucks our energy. We also, this is where we build 35 to 50% more productive team members. Influence. This is where we need to enroll and engage people up, down, across the org chart, inside the company, outside the company. Understanding how to get in profound rapport with somebody is frankly like an experience that you give somebody that they will remember the rest of their life. When you really connect with somebody and you really stand in their shoes, it's a beautiful thing. And also, it just doesn't happen very often for people. So when we go through the, neuro, the neuroscience of influence, we learn how to kind of calibrate when somebody is connected to us and when they're not. You know, when, are, when they're in rapport versus when they're in fear. We understand uh, a, a technique, um, meta programs, where we actually speak their language. We understand their motivation, and we can actually speak in their language, which really lets the creature neurology say, ah, we understand how to kind of tap into that 93% of communication that is unspoken. It's body posture gesture, and it's vocal tone pace pitch. Um, when we do this, we can close sales up to 50% faster. We can increase our close rate by 44% or more. And we can deliver marketing messages that are up to 300% more effective. I mean, it's just, you know, we use just enough science so that we can really connect with people. Um, third, managing change, navigating chaos, clearing conflict, resolving resistance. Because when, when people are... Most, most brains are seek, kind of are wired to seek reward and avoid pain. And change is associated with fear of a potentially painful future. Right. So often when that happens, when we're driven by fear, we get stuck, we solve problems that don't exist, or we focus on the wrong problem, which doesn't make a difference. So how do we kind of help, what are those three change modalities to guide somebody out of fear in a change scenario and have them say, yay, change, I eat that for breakfast. You know, Stop looking at the problems, start looking at the outcomes. Shift from those roles I mentioned earlier, victim, rescuer, persecutor, and really give effective feedback because most of us don't give or get enough feedback because it feels weird and we don't have a tool to do it. So if we have time, I think we should go over the feedback frame in just a sec so everybody can start using the feedback frame and giving and getting feedback more effectively. Well, actually, my, my, I'm sorry, my, my engineer is telling me we're not going to have time to do that this time. Oh, uh, I'm on against okay. the clock, but I would love to have you back in the future, maybe next year. Okay. And then last, teaming. Teaming. How do you get three people to do the same, the, the work of five without burnout? We need to understand what's called collective intelligence and how to actually assemble teams optimally. And there are seven tools to do this, so we just pick the one that's most important for us. And then we have predictors of highly effective teams. And then we understand the pathways that the brain follows to determine strategy and to cause insights. So once we understand all that, you know, we get that, hmm, Increased engagement, 67 to 100%. All sorts of good things happen. So if someone wants to learn more about the work that you're doing, and both online and in person and written form, yeah. how do they find you online? Yes. So um, they can go to smarttribesinstitute.com. Um, they can follow us on Twitter, at Comeaford, my last name, C-O-M-A-F-O-R-D. They can call us, 415 415- 
320-6580. They can read my work on Forbes. Uh, I write a weekly column on Forbes. So those are a few ways they can find us and um, get some goodies so you're my you're my last guest for this year on critical mass radio show um i think it's it would be uh i don't mean to embarrass you but by saying maybe we've saved the best for last ladies and gentlemen but i've really been looking forward to having you on the program love your love your work so glad you're able to bring it to so many companies and um, would love to have you on a future episode of critical mass radio show to talk about the things that we didn't get a chance to get into that you're the way you're helping companies so maybe we can do that next year christy Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for being a, a, a friend of the program, a part of the Critical Mass community, and have a great holiday season, Christine. Thanks. You too, Rick. All right. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you for a wonderful year here on octalkradio.net. Paul Roberts is our engineer. He's done a masterful job throughout the year. I can't say enough great things about Joan Park, who is our producer, for the work that she's done behind the scenes to make this show uh, so smooth for me. And if you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, or maybe you'd like to refer a future guest or advertise, visit Critical Mass for FOR Business. Until our next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 